Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, I've got not one, but two very special guests. We've got Matt Hurst and Steve Barnes from Penn State Swimming and Diving. Matt, Steve, how are you guys doing today? We're good, Coleman. We're good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, th- things are great. Weather's good up here, so we'll take it while we have it. Is it, is the weather, what's the weather like there today? Sunny and 75, man. Just like Austin. (laughs) Are you kidding? Dude, Austin is 40 degrees right now. I'm pissed. All right. Well, it might not be 75, but it is sunny. (laughs) Well, okay. I can't, I can't complain. It's sunny here as well. Uh, so (laughs) we've got the same weather. That's cool. Um, nice. All right. So I want to start with, uh, with most recently, you Penn State had an inner squad. You guys didn't give them too much rest, but you did suit up. You did have them go fast. Uh, it's on Meet Mobile, but I didn't see it. So tell me all about it. How how did it go for you guys? Yeah, um, yeah. So so with the Big Ten, we don't have a competitive schedule until after the first of the year. That's the earliest mm-hmm. we've been approved to compete. Uh, we're still waiting on an official schedule. So what we've been doing throughout the season is just kind of picking spots here and there to suit them up. And we thought the uh, couple of days before Thanksgiving break was kind of our traditional mid-season schedule. So we we created a two-day format. We actually had used it last year in a tri-meet against Ohio State and Virginia Tech. Um, So we just pretty much adopted a similar format and suited them up. Um, We swam on Tuesday, Wednesday. So they had Sunday off. Monday, they lifted and swam, kind of did a swim out. And then we raced on Tuesday. So so no, no real rest just a little freshen up by having, I guess, by having Sunday off. Um, but yeah, I mean, we had some good swims. I mean, Michael Daly, uh, who's our junior NCAA qualifier on the men's side, he said, I think five pool records, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Four, so, yeah. Four pool records, two four back, records. uh, two back, four IM, two free and hundred back, I believe. So yeah. you broke Shane Ryan's pool record. We were pretty, that was pretty cool. So yeah. What do you go? Uh, 4701, I think. Yeah, he, he was 4701. And then, uh, Will Roberson, one of our seniors, he was 47 mid. Um, Will went 43. Will did the best time in the 100 free, he was 43 in the 100, um, which was pretty, I'm as fast when he's been at Big Tens. On the women's side, uh, Cameron Berry had a real nice meet. She was 148, uh, which is the fastest she's ever been at this point of the year. Uh, Marie Schobel was 53 and 155. Again, you know, coming off of she was at U.S. Open and just made her U- her uh, trials cut, and then a couple of weeks of training, and then came back and swam well. But I mean, across the board, and and Steve's our kind of our stats guy, so he can probably dive into this a little deeper. But um, you know, quarantine's been weird, or COVID season, whatever you want to call it, has been weird. So w- the, what we talked to the team about coming in was like, listen, it's it's not a real midseason meet. It's not traditional what you're used to. Just come in, take advantage of the opportunity, try to execute, have a little bit of fun. And, uh, and, and they did. And it was, it was really nice to see. Oh, and, and one of our freshman guys, uh, Jake Houck, just missed going 19 for the first time in his life. He was a 20.7, 50 freestyler coming in, kind of more of a 100 butterflyer. And he was 20.01. Um, 
So he's got a little more work to do, but it, I mean, across the board, they swam well. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's just a fun meet, you know, it was definitely the most fun I think they've had as a team since we've, we've been back in August. Um, just exciting to get them up and race. We were able to get a couple of our support staff in the stands, like our, our sports psych people or just, um, our sport administrator. We actually we have door screeners here that like they're coming to the building every day. You got to get your temperature checked and filled out in surveys. So um, we had a couple of door screeners that came to just watch the meet because um, they've just gotten to know the team um, over the past few months. Um, our nutritionist was here, so you know that was just really fun to get them to see up and support each other. Because really, I think as an entire team, maybe the past month we've been training together up and. And you know, different pods that, you know, the smallest pod was like five people and the largest was 12. Um, so we were running practice throughout the day. So this is really the first op- This was the first opportunity that the men and women had actually been on the pool deck together um, since February. Whoa. <laughs> Which understandable, but also yeah, that's, I mean, that's wild, right? Just in the grand scheme of things. Um, <clears throat> but that's really cool that you guys did have this opportunity to be able to host something like that. And it's sounds like it went very well. I, I, I have talked to two of your uh, more notable alums in the last few weeks. I talked to Shane Ryan not too long ago while he was in the ISL bubble. I talked to uh, Ali McHugh last night, yesterday. And so it was. it's good to hear from you guys and good to hear that the team's still doing quite well. Um, let's, let's take it back a little further. You know, things shut down in the States mid-March. Um, what did the, and this is a long period, I know, but what did those next six months look like for, for y'all um, in, in, uh, in Penn State? Yeah, it was, uh, well, it was, a, remember the day very vividly. Um, it was Thursday. We're getting ready to leave for women's NCAAs in a couple of days. And one of our girls, uh, Maddie Hart, who was a senior last year, it was her birthday. So we were getting ready for practice when found out NCAAs was canceled. And that same day we were being shut down and sent home. Um, and the first thought was we had a number of kids here training, whether it's for NCAAs or a lot of our international people for Canadian nationals and, you know, other international meets for trials, they're all like, we're staying. All right. We're staying. Then everyone got sent home um, maybe a week or two later. And, you know, as a staff, we're just like, okay, what do we do? Um, how do we get better? And we had no idea what was going on. So um, one thing that we had started a couple of years before was we had a, a book club that we normally do throughout the year. Um, so we started up a book club, right away, um, got on Zoom, or having weekly book club meetings, meeting with our, our groups um, on a weekly basis, getting uh, in touch with our um, sports psych people, and uh, meeting with them on a weekly basis, and really just spending a ton of time doing some culture development from March all the way through August, and, and trying to work with them, and then as things opened up in, in different states, or we're doing different things, you know, we had a group that was came back here and was training at the Y on their own. Um, we had kids that were training in their neighbor's backyard pool on a, on a cord for five months. Um, and, you know, some people were able to get in, there was a pool in uh, central PA that you know, some other people were able to get in and, and just go back and forth. So it was, it was crazy because there was 
about 10, you know, to 20 different things going on. Um, but the one thing we really focused on was, okay, we can be a better team whenever the next time we is, we, it is that we get back in the water. Um, but it's all going to be from the mental side. It's going to be that it's going to be doing more yoga, um, doing some Peloton, whatever it might be, but we have to be a better team when we start back up. Um, so a lot of that was just developing um, the standards and expectations that we were going to have uh, when we, when we came back in terms of just adapting to change and adapting to challenge. Yeah. And it, it's been interesting to see throughout the whole, I guess, six months, I guess at this point or longer, 10 months, almost how they took everything we talked about both in book club and then in our small group meetings and, and they were forced to implement it via the circumstances and despite the fact that they were scattered all over the state and or the country, and in some cases the world, they actually came back a closer group and they've trained better um, than they have in the past. Not that they you know, were training poorly before, but all, all the time away, I think, gave them an appreciation for what, what we do and for each other. Um, so they are, you know, they've come in with uh, a different level of focus than they've had in the past. And a lot of what we talked about in the spring and the summer in the small groups and in the team groups and men's groups and women's groups um, that they've been able to implement. So it's, it, I mean, it's been really neat to see and, you know, kind of bringing it back to that, that inner squad meet we did that, like Steve said, that was our first opportunity to all be together and kind of be in a championship format and everything else has been different, but they didn't miss a beat and they took advantage of it. And I think that's all, you know, that's all attributed to, to what we were able to do and, and their willingness. I mean, that's another part of it too. When you, you know, we're scattered all over the place coming and sitting in front of a, a computer for hours on end, seemingly because school was zoom family time is on zoom team meetings are on zoom friend. Like, you know, you get computer fatigue after a while, but they made the time, they made the time to come in and be together and make progress. So it was, uh, it was, I mean, it's, it still is fun to see. It was interesting as we were going through it. We had no idea how it would play out in the end, but we knew as a staff that it was something that it was important that we had to continue to, to build towards. And I think the team fed on that and they fed on each other. And, you know, here we are in December and, uh, you know, we're all, we're all doing pretty well, which is nice. I totally forgot it was December. I thought it was November this <laughs> <laughs> Sears flying by it's yeah no uh, kidding no kidding right I want to hear more about book club because I, I I don't think that's something that you hear about from most swim teams um I mean tell me you know give me you guys' highlights from that I think I think you said it's by group so I'm assuming that's that means by training group or by you know each what what group each coach is assigned to um but correct me if I'm wrong but also you know what what were you reading and what do you, what do you feel like the, the athletes got out of it? What did you get out of it? You know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure in an open forum like that, you get some good athlete perspectives that you as a coach, you know, it's like you learn from them just as much as they learn from you, I'm guessing, but yeah, get, get tell me about it. Yeah. So we started this a couple of years ago. Uh, we picked it up from our, our women's soccer team. You know, they would always do a book club. Um, so we started out a couple of years ago with the book legacy um, which is about the New Zealand All Blacks and you know, just about the culture and standard um, that they have and um, just the importance of doing the little things. So we started with, with that and kind of progressed through. So this summer, 
Um, Josh Graham, one of our other coaches, he recommended um, the inner game of tennis, which is a relatively old book, I think from like the seventies, but um, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, basically getting out of your own way mentally, um, which is something we we talk about a lot in our, our sport is that we put in, all this time. And, and they're like, uh, I don't, I don't think I can do it. You know, it's like, what, why are you throwing all that out there and really just trying to become more natural um, and not think too much. We have a very smart team and, and that really helps us out in some ways and other ways it really hurts us. Um, so trying to not outthink ourselves. Um, and we did that as an entire team. Um, and then we'd follow up sometimes um, an individual, like our group meeting. So Matt, you know, primarily works with the sprinters. I have the stroke group. Um, you know, Priscilla has middle distance freestyle. Josh works with, you know, the long IMers and the distance people. And we would do different things to follow up off a of book club off of that. Um, the Big Ten actually opened up a um, subscription to the call mat for all our student athletes. You know, so for me, we would follow up in our small group meetings and do like uh, calm classes that were about gratitude or appreciation um, or different things like one about social media and you know how does that apply to what we were doing with with book club and we finished that all as a team um, we left it open to them what do they want book club to be moving forward um, and the guys decided to pick um, the last dance so the the bulls documentary um, and so they were doing that on a weekly basis watching an episode and they led all the, all the discussion. We led the discussion for the intergame of tennis, um, but we have a leadership council and, and you know, they basically assigned the episode and talked about the episode and, and what came up because um, it was about them. It wasn't necessarily about what we thought they needed. Um, and for us, it was just as important to listen to what they got out of it. Um, and on the women's side, um, we read Glennon Doyle, Untamed, um, which I, it was a very interesting read, you know, especially um, for me, just, you know, reading a book from a female perspective and certain things that I, th- and I think our, our women loved it. And so just hearing a lot from them, or we could just sit back and, and listen was certainly eye-opening on how we can be better coaches and, and understand through their point of view um, what they're going through and help them with that. Yeah. The, the, the most interesting part about book club, I think, is that we've put it in the hands of the student athletes. Like what, whether, whether or not we're leading the discussion or not, it's there for them to take over. And when we gave them pretty much full reign with untamed and full reign with the last dance, listening to what they have to say about their interpretation of how it applies to them and what they take out of it. That's important from their perspective of the team culture. That's, that's eye opening for, for me. Um, Cause you know, we all, it's, it's like writing a workout. You know, you write the workout with an intent, but does it actually come through that way to the student athlete? Like, do they, do they, do they swim the workout? Do they get what you were getting after? Most of the time they do. But every once in a while, you know, you'll write something you thought was recovery. And they're like, Matt, why did you write such a hard practice? Like it's supposed to be recovery. <laughs> um, and it's the same thing with book club and, and untamed was, was fascinating. Um, just listen again, listening to the women read it, but from a male perspective, reading, reading that book, uh, like Steve said, really eye-opening. I've gone back and read it again. My wife read it. Um, it's kind of been our theme of our family theme of this year. So, but but because of the way that women responded to the book and a lot of the topics they brought up, um, I know for me that, that's helped me be a better coach with the sprint women. Um, just because I, you know, 
they we can now all relate to a common language. They'll be like, so you remember in Untamed when Glennon said ABC? Well, that's what's going on here. So I have context to what they're specifically talking about. Um, but, you know, in the, well, we're two years into, yeah, two years into book club. Our culture, and I got culture is a buzzword, right? But our culture has taken leaps and bounds forward since we've used these book club opportunities, one, to develop that common language and common resource point but also putting it in the hands of the athletes because it's not us telling them this is who you are and what you do. It's us giving them some source material and they're relaying to us. This is how it applies to us. And this is why it's important. And this is how we can all do this together. So it, it's been really interesting to see how this has played out. Matt, do you have any specifics of, of, of those A, B, and C that, you know, the topics that untamed brought, that you feel like the women really have, have, have carried into training? Yeah. Um, I mean, the one that we, that, that kind of goes back and forth between me and them the most is there's a line in there and it's, it's the premise of the whole book. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give the whole book away, but the, the opening chapter is Glennon is talking about being at a, a, a zoo with her kids and there's a cheetah at the zoo, you know, captive cheetah, and the cheetah, for, enter- for people's entertainment, the cheetah chases a dirty pink stuffed bunny that's tethered to the back of a Jeep. And like, that's the entertainment for this wild animal. Mm-hmm. And she's commenting about how women, and you can extrapolate this out as far as you want, but in her, you know, her example, women are this cheetah. They're this you know, powerful, strong, wild creature that is placed within a cage personal cage, societal cage, whatever it is, these constraints are put on this majestic animal and it's jollies are chasing a dirty stuffed pink bunny behind a Jeep. And her comment is that, you know, to all women, you're a goddamn cheetah. You know, you're better than chasing a dirty bunny. So sometimes when the women either talking to themselves or reminding me or or I'm reminding them, it's, you know, they're, they're swimming with caution. Um, they're swimming more in their head than in their emotion and their ability. And they're, they're just being kind of cautious. They're being caged in. And every once in a while, it's like, lady, you're a goddamn cheetah. Like, let's go. Let, like, you don't have to be nice right now. We're doing max efforts, like reckless abandon. Let's go. Let it all hang out. We're all going to be friends. It's okay if you beat her or she beats you. Like, we're all here to make each other better. And as soon as you say you're a goddamn cheetah, they know right away what that means and what the expectation is. And they, and in their personal dealings too, you know, some of these book club meetings, they, they can be a little bit reserved because they don't want to be the one. And this is for the men as well. They don't want to be the one who says the thing, but that thing is still the elephant in the room. And it's like, guys, you know, we're, we're all again, common language. We're working towards the same goal. It's okay to express yourself if you're coming from a place of let's move ourselves, let's move the team forward. It's good to have an opinion, even if the opinion is somewhat controversial, we need to have a conversation around this instead of just letting that cloud hang over us. Like, well, I don't want to say it. What if she says it? Maybe. So. And it's, I, those, those are the big things. It's just letting them know that it's okay to be unabashedly yourself and that you don't always have to chase the dirty bunny. You know, you, 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 can let, you can let your freak flag fly to, uh, yeah. there's my sex in the city reference for the day. <laughs> um, 
well, I'm I've already looked this book up on Amazon. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally sold on it. It sounds really interesting and untamed Glennon Doyle. Uh, yeah. you've sold me. Um, so Steve, now I want your perspective on the last dance. And I mean, I don't need to give context to this, but like the last dance, you know, I think saved some lives during quarantine. It was, you know, we were two <laughs> months in people were going crazy. There weren't sports. Um, and you know, it's like, and then, and then we had the last dance and I think, you know, that was a real bonding thing for a lot of people. Um, but it's even cooler to, to book club it. Right. And to have discussions about not only just, you know, talking about, Oh, how great this team was, but talking about what they have and, and how it can relate to your team, right. This team. Um, so, so same question, Steve, how, how do you feel like the men, um, or what do you feel like the men really got took from the last dance? There's a lot of good things. I mean, I know one thing I took from it is that none of them really watched Michael Jordan play basketball. Oh. So <laughs> I'm getting old, right? <laughs> no, I remember watching that game, you know, and, um, you know, when they, when they talk about, you know, I specifically remember, you know, I think one of the episodes was uh, when they brought up, you know, Kobe Bryant as well. And in terms of, um, him, his, his rookie year, just, you know, taking a bunch of threes and, and missing them and being like, okay, you're, you're allowed to fail. Like there's nothing wrong with failure. What are you going to learn from it? Um, so you don't need to shy away. And, you know, you're talking about how, you know, Kobe emulated Michael. He wanted to be the best. He wanted to go after it. Um, and it was just this standard that was set in, in terms of, okay, if, if I go in, I, I got to assess everything that I did and say, okay, well, you know, I went in and I tried to do my best, but I wasn't conditioned enough. And that's not, you know, that's not a bad thing. It just means I know I have to do more. Um, you know, another thing was Michael Jordan, who was you know, talking about how he's such, so great individually, but it wasn't until, you know, he kind of took a step back and said, I'm, I'm, I'm great, but I, I need Scotty to be great. I need, I need Horace to, to be great. I, I got to give Rodman his space. You know, we got to keep him on a leash, but you know, some days that, you know, Rodman's going to need more space than he does other days. And how does that really help us as, as teammates understand each other and know that we can have those tough conversations, but how do we have those conversations? When do we have those conversations? Where do we have it? And how can you know, I make my teammates better because I can win every event, but I'm not winning big tens just because I win three events or we're not winning NCAAs because I'm, I have a scoring title. Um, we need that. We need that person that can rebound and that brings everyone closer. And they talked about when, um, if, when they were playing the Pistons, you know, and I think it was, it was someone, I think it was Rodman actually shoved Scotty Pippen down and they got back up and they d defended him. We were talking about being a family and we, we've talked about that as one of our team pillars. And it's just like family members fight. Like they can punch each other, they can yell at each other, but that's, that's on us. If someone else attacks my family member, we got your back and we're going to go after you and unify that. So um, the guys you know, really took that in terms of, you know, they call themselves a, a brotherhood. How, how does this unity um, work with us? How can we be tougher on each other and tougher on ourselves, but not in a way that beats ourselves up, that kind of elevates our standards and our expectations um, to reach another level. Yeah. So, I mean, 
sounds like there was a lot gained from book club then probably i'm assuming still now um and so for you guys personally from book club from outside of book club you know you had a lot of time there's a lot of free time there's just a lot of time right um and I'm, i'm guessing you guys uh, did your own research or delved in, into your own directions? And what do you feel like you've come out of this quarantine process? Um, what do you feel like you've learned as coaches over the last six or seven months? That's a good, uh, there's a lot there. You want, you want to go or you want me to go? Go, go for it. All right. Um, I mean, a few things. So, so one, you know, I think one of the things that a lot of us, struggle with whether it's in coaching or not is is work-life balance and for me you know i've got a family a wife and two kids my kids are six and four and we have a dog Um, my dog has greatly appreciated me being home all the time you know we we've walked all over state college so i i think i think for one of the things is and i heard craig Meehan say it on on another podcast was life balance harmony not or yeah, work-life harmony, not balance, because it'll never be balanced, but just kind of understanding and reiterating that you can do both and there is a balance for both. So that's something from, from a coaching perspective. Um, and as Steve mentioned, like I, I coach the sprinters. So something I've always questioned is, do we really need to do doubles? Do we need to be in the water 20 hours a week? Is, is what we put on the paper really the difference maker between 19 and 18 for a guy or 20, you know, 21 mid and, and 20 low for a woman. And, and quarantine has forced us to change the way we train. Like right now we're not doing doubles. Uh, we just, we don't have the time in the day with the way everything's structured to do doubles. So we're all doing singles up to two hours a day. So knowing that coming into the season, I knew that I was going to have an opportunity to kind of test out some of those theories I've had for a while, because I was only going to be with my group for up to two, up to 120 minutes a day. That's it. So whatever we did, it had to be effective. Um, so diving into, you know, one of the books I read on my own was I read uh, breath, the book by James Nestor. It's really interesting. Read um, the oxygen advantage by Patrick McKeon just kind of looking at ways to take your performance to another level by some of the things physiologically that you're already able to do. Uh, Steve mentioned, we've been doing a lot more yoga every day. Now the sprinters are doing yoga for, for 10 to 20 minutes every day. Um, and I think that's helped us tremendously. So it was really just, you know, you've, we've got an opportunity here and looking at ways to be a little bit more creative with the time you have, because, we didn't know if each day was going to be different or if there was going to be a next day. And then I think that the third part is just having, having more gratitude for what we do, you know, whether it's, and again, in my case, whether it's taking my dog for a walk or being on the pool deck or having 20 minutes to sit and read, just being grateful for the fact that we have all these opportunities. So, you know, I've, I've put in gratitude walks every day. I bought a bicycle. So I, I bike to work more often than not now just take that 20 minutes and just take advantage of you know a little bit of time and a little bit of gratitude because we as we've found out over the last 10 months this can all change and go away and really a lot of it's not in our control but how we react to it is so those are those are the three things i've kind of been 
working with and working through for the last 10 months. I gotta, I gotta chime in just for a minute. Breath by James Nestor. I, yeah. it's, it's his new book I'm seeing now. Um, yep. I went to a talk of his once. Yeah. What'd uh, you think? It was, he was fascinating. It was when he had just released his book about free diving. Yep. And, um, and I had, I actually wrote, that was my first article I ever wrote on swim swam was a write-up of that book and how interesting it was. And he's a, he's, he's a cool guy, but now it, you, you guys are, uh, really, I'm going to have to start a book club cause I want to read all these books now. <laughs> Include um, us, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's cool. And again, it's, it's just great. It's great to hear these, these reflections and thoughts. Um, sorry, that's, that's all I had to say. Uh, Steve. Tell me what you got. I mean, you know, I, I consider myself the, uh, the old man yelling at kids on the porch <laughs> these days. Um, so talking about how my, the millennials, you know, it's so easy. And it, so I think I definitely have a better appreciation for what they go through on, on a daily basis. And, you know, when we first started quarantine, I'm like, man, this is the life. You never have to leave your bed. Like you don't have to talk to anyone. Like classes, <laughs> you're practicing once a day. Like what is there to be sorry about or what's still hard? Um, <laughs> but I think just talking to the team more and understanding, you know, what their different challenges are and also really understanding how resilient they are in terms of dealing with, you know, the challenges that are presented in front of them. One of the hardest things for them to understand used to be, the answer, I don't know. And it's like, what do you mean? You have an iPhone, you have the answer to everything. Um, but so, so often now the answer is, I don't know, we're doing the best that we can. And now they roll with it. You know, they, they roll with it really well. And um, when we make changes last minute or, you know, minute to minute, sometimes like they're like, okay, this is what we got to do. So you certainly can appreciate um, the different world that they are adapting to and living in and how we can, um, you know, really learn, you know, work with them instead of just being like, well, you know, in my day, we actually had to get up to turn the TV <laughs> down, um, and there was only five stations. Um, so I think that was really good. You know, Matt's, Matt's point on gratitude um, is huge. You know, I, I remember texting him one day. I was like, listen, I, I listened to this comp class on, on gratitude. I was like, you yeah. have to listen. It's, it's, it's amazing. A, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, and it, it just totally changes your perspective. Um, as, you know, as a human and, and we listen to it um, as a team, just in like, okay, you're like, yeah, there's things that suck, but it's all about your perspective and, and how you, how you go about it and find a way to appreciate the time that you do have um, versus what you're, you're missing out on. And then, you know, we've, as you know, kind of hitting on Matt's point, we sat down as a staff and we said, you know what, let's do everything that we were too scared to do because everything was on a deadline and there's always the next meet. There's always the next cut to get, there's always the next recruit. And, you know, it's like results, results, results. We said, you know what? It's quarantine. Let's take a step back. Let's slow everything down. Everything we were afraid to do. Let's try it because we're, there's going to be no better opportunity to see if it works and see if we can change things moving forward and be better than, than right now. And as Matt said, we're, we're doing, you know, in terms of just time, we're doing less than we ever have in, in the water. We're doing more than we ever have out of the water. And, you know, the results have been just as good, if not better, than what we've ever done. Um, and so taking that step back for us and, and trying to think outside the box and, and be different 
it's very refreshing as a coach, but I think it's refreshing for the team because things aren't normal this year. It's not the same. Um, and they appreciate the fact that the world's different and we're doing things differently. I almost think it um, makes it easier for them instead of us trying to make you know, the, the deck or you know, their time in the water normal when everything else isn't normal. We, we've created a, a new normal that you know, they find comfort in. Yeah, and I, well, that made me think um, another book for your book club, Eric Coleman, is Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. That's one that we did not read yet with the team, but Steve and I both read. And the whole premise of that book is investing in the people, right? Invest in the people and give them the skills that will, you know, it's a corporate book, but giving them the skills so they can move on or they want to, they have the ability to move on, but treat them in a way that they don't want to. And I I think having read that and, you know, listen to what Steve has just kind of reiterated, that's a lot of what we've been given the freedom to do this year. I think coaches, you always are, focusing in on taking care of your athletes and setting them up for life. But this year we've really been able to reinforce and go with that personal investment on each one of these kids. And they, the the gratitude piece is huge. So we're giving them the skills that are going to help them. And we're just really investing in those relationships and, and, uh, the team is showing that it's working by, by their gratitude to come to the pool every day, working their butts off and enjoying their time together. So it's been a weird year, but it's been fun. Great answers. It's, it's been awesome to hear you guys' insight um, <laughs> in, in book club and outside of book club. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just stoked to, to go read now. Um, we've, we're, we're down to three minutes um, over these next couple weeks, couple months. Uh, what are you guys as coaches looking forward to with the team moving forward? I think everyone's looking forward to, to going home in some fashion. Yeah. Um, they, they stayed here over Thanksgiving break. Um, yeah. Right now our international students are, are not going home um, just because we're worried about getting back. But I think everyone has done a great job, but they, they definitely want to see their families. Um, I, I know us as coaches, we, we'd like a little bit of downtime because it's been crazy uh, on our end too, but you know, come January, you know, the Big Ten is starting back up again. So we're going to have meets in some fashions. We're going to have a championship in, in some fashion. And uh, I think that's going to excite the team. Um, so we're definitely looking forward to to what that's going to be like. Yeah, I, I yeah, definitely the family time and the downtime. But giving them giving them the opportunity to, to go home and, and hit refresh and then come back ready to compete, whether it's in February, April, June, July, we don't know yet, but between Big Tens, potentially NCAAs, uh, various national championships for over over about 10 countries, U.S. trials, hopefully, we've got a few kids with legitimate shots at the Olympic Games, so whatever it is, giving them that family time for the reset and just get back to what we've been doing, which is working hard as a group, as a family, gratitude in our hearts, and, and hoping that each day is our best day. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.